0: Special welcome to any first-time guests. If this is your first time worshiping with us here at the Forks, we are so thankful that you have come, and we invite you after the service if you'll go by the Welcome Center. We have a small gift as a token of our love and appreciation for you being here today. If you're worshiping with us online, we are so grateful that you have tuned in to be a part of this service, and we pray that wherever you are worshiping, that you would feel the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. But we are grateful to have all of you. Today, we're very grateful to have with us, even though they have been here to meet with several of us and they have worshiped with us online. So grateful today that Sean and Kelly Sherwood, our new associate pastor of music and worship, is here. And they're just here visiting today, and just taking in the service Sean will begin this next week, but I'm going to invite Sean and Kelly to stand and let us show our love to these guys here today. <laughs> guys, we welcome you all are excited about what God is going to do in and through your ministry here. And I know there will be opportunity at a later time for you all to get to know them a little bit better. But we are so grateful that all of you are here. And at this time, I'm going to invite everyone to stand once again. Tell someone you're glad to see them here today. Could you do that?
1: shadows
2: and burn like a fire
1: I just want to speak the name of Jesus
2: over fear and all
1: anxiety
3: to every
1: soul held captive by depression, I speak, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, and your name. In the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, and Jesus in the stream. presence. I speak Jesus.
0: What a powerful song, because when we speak the name of Jesus, there is power and there is healing and there is life. And maybe you're here today and you find yourself weak, weakened by an addiction, weakened by anxiety, weakened by depression, anxiety, or fear. Maybe you're here today and and you need the life that only Jesus can bring, the peace that passes all understanding that comes from faith in him. Maybe you need today healing in your body. I know we have so many in the hospital right now. So many of you have asked me to pray for your loved one, and so we remember all those folks who are struggling, whether it's with private pain or physical, mental, emotional pain. We wanna lift up JT, our student minister, his wife, Elaine, and our adult leaders and students who have gone to Washington, D.C. this week on a mission trip, and grateful I got a text last night. They arrived safely be in prayer for them, that they would have a hedge of protection around them and the Holy Spirit would use them to plant seeds there in Washington, D.C. And, and to point people to the hope we have in Christ. But some of you came in today and no doubt you're struggling with something, a burden on your heart, a worry, or, or maybe you've never received Christ. And today's going to be a day of salvation, a radical change is going to take place in your life however the Holy Spirit is leading I'm grateful that we're a church that believes in the power of prayer there's an opportunity if you feel led to come pray at this altar for those of you worshiping online wherever you are can be your altar but if you feel led this morning to come kneel or stand or you can stand wherever you are I invite you come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. Oh God, we come to you today with grateful hearts, thankful hearts, Father, it's so wonderful that we can sing holy, holy, holy. We can sing hallelujah to the King. Father, that we can speak and sing the name of Jesus. There's power and authority in the name of Jesus. And today, Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray that our sins would be forgiven. And we ask for forgiveness, Lord, for anything that would hinder our prayers, anything that would hinder our walk with you. Please forgive us. Lord, we speak Jesus over marriages that need healing today. We speak Jesus over addiction, anxiety, depression, fear, loneliness. We speak Jesus over sickness and illness and disease. We speak Jesus in the grief, Father, that so many are experiencing. We speak Jesus where there is lostness. We pray for salvation today. Father, we pray that you would use our students and our student ministers and leaders to speak Jesus in Washington, D.C., Father, that a hedge of protection would be around them. Father, use them in a mighty way and bless them with traveling mercies. Father, we speak Jesus over our families that are being attacked in so many ways. May Satan have no glory or victory in our homes and our families. Father, maybe today there's a prodigal son or daughter that need to come home. I pray, O God, that they would come to their senses, come back to a loving Father where they will be embraced and loved and forgiven and celebrated. Father, I just thank you for this church. We feel your presence in this place. Lord, may we always feel your Holy Spirit in this place, that you would always sing and play through our musicians and speak in every area of ministry and through every staff member, every minister, Father, that you would continue to speak throughout this fellowship and move. Father, I pray today again that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through the music, through the message, through our time of invitation and commitment through our time of communion, through our time of fellowship. Oh God, we need you, and we pray for revival and spiritual awakening to break loose in each of our hearts. Father, I pray that you would bind Satan, and we would not listen to his lies, but God, we would seek you because we know you are the way, the truth, and the life. I pray, O God, that we would understand that no one comes to the Father except through you. So, Father, we just commit this service to you, which we've already done. We thank you for the victories that we trust you to bring. For it is in the strong and the holy and the powerful life-giving name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, and as you're doing that, I'm grateful that our choir is is here to lead us today and appreciate Linda Kraft once again leading our choir, and I'm so grateful again be in prayer for Sean as he begins next Sunday, but so grateful for Linda leading today, and thank you again for being here and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place Begin with verse 4 of 1 John chapter 3. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you all for that beautiful message and song and thank you again for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor. This was just a little funny that a friend sent me recently. He said, you know the difference between a man buying a lottery ticket and a man arguing with his wife? He said he has a better the man that buys a lottery ticket has a better chance to win than Well, amen. uh, amen. (laughs) It wasn't too awfully long ago, I played y'all a clip of my favorite television show of all times, And uh, in this clip, you might see yourself in the clip, but I want you to listen closely to the very end to hear the a conversation that takes place at the end of the video clip, but watch this.
3: It is our happy privilege to welcome to our midst a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Harrison Everett Breen of New York City. Dr. Breen has interrupted his vacation to join us in worship this morning and to bring us, I know, an inspiring message. Dr. Breen. Dr. Tucker. As I stood there during the singing of the hymn, I asked myself, what message have I to bring to these good people of Maybury? And I was reminded of an incident. A young man came to me recently and said he, Dr. Breen, what is the meaning of it all? And I said to him, Young man, I'm glad you asked. My friends, I wish more of us found the time to ask that question. Why do we drive ourselves as we do? In our furious race these days to come to outer space, are we not perhaps forgetting (laughs) inner space? Shall we find the true meaning of life by fleeing from it (laughs) <laughs> consider, consider how we live our lives today. Everything is run, run, run. We bolt our breakfast, we scanned the headlines, we raced to the office. The full schedule and the split second, these are our gauges of success. We drive ourselves from morn to night we have forgotten the meaning of the word relaxation. What has become of the old-fashioned ways the simple pleasures in us. A simple, innocent pleasure. And so I say to you, dear friends, relax. Slow down. Take What's your hurry? <laughs> what, indeed, friends, is your hurry? Dr. Breen, oh, may I introduce Sheriff Taylor? Dr. Breen. his aunt, Miss B, Miss Johnson, uh-huh. and Miss Deputy Have <laughs> oh, a real pleasure.
1: Oh, Dr. Breen, your sermon had such a wonderful lesson for us.
3: Yes, sir, you really hit the nail right on the head there. Yes, sir, that's one subject you just can't talk enough about, sin. Yes, well, Well, it's bye, good to have right. a bye.
2: bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Didn't talk about sin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never get tired of watching that, even though I've seen it hundreds of times. But Barney thought the message was about sin, and Andy let him know it wasn't about sin. This past Friday, I was able to be with my three older brothers celebrating my brother Jerry's birthday. While we were all in the car together, my brother Jerry said, What are you preaching on Sunday? And I said, Sin. <laughs> well, he started laughing because anytime my brothers ask me, What are you preaching on? I always say, Sin, because I'm using that episode of Andy Griffith. The truth of the matter is, sin is no laughing matter, and I am preaching on sin today. And as I was praying about God's direction for a message, God's been placing a message about sin on my heart. Our scripture passage today, we see John, John the Apostle. This was John who was in that inner circle with Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Uh, We know that John was the author of Gospel of John and also Revelation, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We know that John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Not that he didn't love all of them, but he had a special bond with John. Remember, even at the end of Jesus' life, when he was on the cross, it was John who was there and he said, Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. And Jesus was asking John to take care of his mother when he was gone and for his mother to know that this was his son, her son. And we know that John, when he wrote this letter, was was an old man. Many times throughout the letter he says, my dear children or my dear loved ones. And John had been a man of faith since his youth. And now he's an old man writing to warn these believers about false teachers, in particular Gnosticism, which taught that the spirit is entirely good and and that matter is entirely evil, among other things. We also know that Gnosticism taught that you only could be saved through some special knowledge and not through faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul was, or excuse me John was not only warning the church but he was also giving believers the assurance of their salvation. So today as I was praying this past week and today as I was praying for God's direction sin has been heavy on my heart and not only with my own struggles, but with all of our struggles, it seems that we're living in a day and time where sin is so prevalent, and sin is so acceptable. You know, what used to seem wrong um, is now right, and today what we believe to be right seems wrong in the, the grand scheme of things, and I believe it's a message that Christians need, or this message is not just for you know non-Christians, this is for everyone, even believers, because I believe there's a whole lot of believers that are living just like the rest of the world. And Paul said in Romans 12, too, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind or spirit. When he said do not be conformed. Could even come from the word masquerade or to be hidden. So many Christians are hidden in the world and to be transformed, uh, the Greek for metamorphosis, that there would be a radical change when we come to know Christ. There are too many Christians that are posting unchrist like things on social media. There are too many Christians who are living an unchrist like life out in the world today. There are too many Christians that are saying too many ungodly things just like the world is doing today. And I believe that this message today is for all of us. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring conviction, number one, of our sin. That the Holy Spirit would bring encouragement, to live out our lives of faith, and that the Holy Spirit might lead us to Jesus where we can find salvation and hope and peace. But this is a message about sin. And how are we ever going to fix or have a solution if we don't realize what the problem is? The first thing today is we need to realize what sin is. In 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 4, it says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. Sin is lawlessness. So we know when it says everyone who sins breaks the law, it's talking about the law of God. Everyone who sins disregards God's commandments. Sin is disobedience to God and to God's Word. The late great evangelist Philly Graham said sin is rebellion against God. And when we think about sin, you can't help but go back to its uh, origin in Genesis chapter 3. When God put Adam and Eve in that beautiful Garden of Eden, that beautiful paradise, and He said you can eat of anything in this garden Except the tree in the middle. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of it, you will surely die. And as you've heard me share through the years, God intended for us to be this close to Him, to have that kind of relationship, an eternal life. But we know the story. The devil came in the form form of an ancient serpent. I've never liked snakes. They're evil. Their origin is evil, and you know that the devil tempted Adam and Eve. He lied to Eve. If you want to be like God, know this: that Jesus said in John eight forty four that He has been a murderer from the beginning. He's a liar and the father of all lies. And when He tempted Adam and Eve, and they ate, the relationship was broken, and sin. Came into the world, sickness came into the world, death came into the world, and so that's where sin began. And know this: that all of us, Romans three twenty three says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter three verse ten, it says, no one is righteous, not even one. So you understand that all of us struggle with sin. Your sin may not be my sin. My sin may not be your sin. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we're all born with a sinful nature. And many of you and many of us are bent toward some kind of sin. Isn't it just like us to blame others just like Adam and Eve did. Eve said, Adam, or the devil made me do it, and then, and then Adam blamed Eve, and, and the blame game goes on and on. Why is it that sometimes we try to justify our sin, or we try to qualify our sin? Well, at least I don't do that. At least I haven't done what they do when we all have sinned. I think back in John chapter 8 when there was the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. You all remember the story. This woman who was caught in adultery was brought to Jesus by the chief priest and the teachers of the law. And they were ready to have a field day and unload on her. They all had rocks. law of Moses says that to stone them to death and, and to kill them. I've always wondered where was the man in the story. They just brought one of them. Really, they were trying to make a point. They were trying to humiliate this lady. And they were also trying to trap Jesus. And do you all remember what Jesus did so beautifully? When they were ready to fire, Jesus got down on his knee and he began to write in the sand. And I know we've talked before, what what do you think he was writing in the sand? Well, many have speculated or or had, um, you know, educated guesses that maybe he was writing down some of their sins as they were there ready to fire. Maybe he was writing down their names and then saying what their sin was. But it struck a chord, and beginning with the older ones, they began to drop those rocks. And they began to one by one walk away and Jesus said in, in verse 7 of John chapter 8, if anyone is without sin, let them be the first one to throw the stone at her. And as they walked away, and, and it, it'd be beautiful just to, to end the story there, but, but Jesus turned to the lady and he said, woman, where are they that condemn you or who, who has condemned you? And she said, no one, sir. And he said, neither do I. And then in verse 11, he said, "Now go and sin no more. And so, she had to realize that it was sin in her life. And we have to realize sin in our life. And if you ever wondered again, you know, what, what sin is, there are several lists in scriptures that talk about many different sins. No one list is complete nor exhaustive, but, You can look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to see a list of sins. You can look in Galatians chapter 5 to see a list of sins. You can look in Ephesians chapter 4 to see a list of sins. You can look in Colossians chapter 3 and see a list of sins. You can look in 2 Timothy 3 and see a list of sins. And I guarantee you, if you look in those lists, you'll find your sin there too and I'll find mine, because we all have sin in our lives. But how are we ever going to take care of the sin problem if we don't realize that we have sin that we struggle with? In this scripture, we must first realize what sin is. Secondly, we must receive Jesus Christ. If you look in verse 5 of 1 John chapter 3, it said, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Did you know that Jesus was the only perfect, sinless person ever to live? And Jesus Christ, we know in Second Corinthians uh, five twenty three that Paul wrote that God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might become righteousness with God. So he was the only perfect person. He was the perfect sacrifice. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1.19 that he was a lamb without blemish or defect then in John chapter 1, verse 29, when when John uh, the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Did you know that that's why Jesus came in Luke chapter 19, verse 10? It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Then in Romans 5 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that great to know? And then we read in John chapter 1, verse 12 for all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So through Christ. We are his children, and we can experience salvation. I love what Paul said in, Galat- or in uh, yeah, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ Jesus now lives in me. Isn't that beautiful to know that we can have new life through Jesus Christ? He is our identity. Why do you think many times in the Scriptures that we are called aliens, foreigners, strangers is because we're to be in the world but not of the world? There should be a marked difference in how we live and the world lives. There should be no doubt of whose team we're on. Let me ask you this. Would your co-workers know that you are a Christian? Let me ask you, Would your family members struggle to know if you are a Christian? I shared this at the early service. You know, I do a lot of funerals. And um, I did a funeral not real long ago. I've done several uh, in the last year or so. But someone that I sat down with and I asked them about their loved one, they didn't know if their family member knew the Lord. It's really sad when we come to that time when we leave this old earth and we go to eternal life or eternal death and our own family members don't know if we're saved. That's a sad commentary. And I've said jokingly through the years, but there's truth in the jest when Christian comedian songwriter Tim Loveless sewed those t-shirts at the little church years ago, live your life in such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie about you at your funeral. There's so much truth in that. Because sometimes I'm, I'm struggling. It makes my job a whole lot easier and gives your family so much more peace if you would let everybody know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. There should be no doubt. Or I wonder, I hope so, I pray so. So if you don't know Him today, what are you waiting for? you waiting for a better day? We're not promised tomorrow. James 4.14 says, Well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a vapor or a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Receive him while there's opportunity today. If you're a Christian and you've been on the sideline or you've been living like the world, it's time to come home and get your house in order. Which leads me to the third point today is that we must repent from our sin. In verse 6 of 1 John chapter 3, it says, No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has neither seen Him nor known Him. Now you like to say, wait a minute. I thought we're always going to sin. Well, I think what John was trying to say is he didn't expect sinless perfection, but he was trying to explain that we should have the characteristics of a godly and holy life striving to do the right thing. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but that's what we shoot for. We strive for that Christ-likeness, to be holy because He is holy, to be set apart. And I pray today that if there's something, you know what it is. If you have to ask, is what I'm doing wrong? Is this sin in my life? I've told my children, I've told you repeatedly, you already know if you have to ask, is this right or not. If you've got even question, you know the answer. And so we are to repent. That was the message... That John the Baptist had in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's the message Jesus had in Matthew 4:17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. What does repentance mean? Repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of direction. I was living like this, but then I turned it around. And I started going the opposite way. And I've often thought about the prodigal son in Luke 15, who squandered his share of the estate and wild living. And there he was in the midst of a a famine, and he longed to eat the pies that the pigs were eating. And it said, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men had food to eat, and here I am starving to death. This is what I'll do. I'll tell my father I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. Make me as one of your hired men, and I'll go home. And you know the story. He went home. And the father was watching for his son. And he ran to him, and he hugged him, and gave him a robe and a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and killed the fattened calf. And this son of mine was, was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. That's repentance. Realizing how good we've got it at home. Not always looking that the grass is greener somewhere else. Life is sweeter. Life is better somewhere else. When we are a blessed people, that was the first message of, of Peter in the, when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, when he preached that Spirit-filled sermon. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I want to tell you today that that message is true for us. It's true for our country. It's true for our world. If we're ever going to see the blessings of God in our church and in our community, in our state, our country, in our world, we must repent from our sin and our evil ways. If we're going to see victory in our lives. Too many people are quick to say, I accept God's grace, but then they're not willing to take up their cross, to deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow him. Did you hear that? Deny self? We have to be willing to sacrifice and follow Jesus Christ. Have you done that today? Have you repented from stuff in your life that you know is not healthy, it's not good, it's destroying your life, it's destroying your family, it's destroying your walk with Christ, would you give it up to Him today? 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us and purify us from all unrighteousness. And all we have to do, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you call on him today? Humbly, genuinely, sincerely, honestly. I need you, Lord. And I'm ready to repent. And you know how we can repent? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the strength to do what we cannot do on our own. Because we can't do it on our own strength but we can do it through his strength and power. I close with this story. Maybe you recall me sharing in past times that when I was uh, a newlywed, Kelly and I hadn't been married long, and we didn't have any children yet, and, and I got a call uh, in the wee hours of the night and uh, wee hours of the morning um, to, uh, it was a distress call from someone. They were... Emotional on the phone, and said they needed help, and and were wanting me to come to them, and and I have shared this before. I guess I was younger and naive, and not uh, maybe as cautious, or as um, much to my wife's displeasure, I said, all right, I got to put my clothes. I'm going to come to you, and uh, what what made this a little bit more challenging, a little bit more scary for me. This was a family member of one of our members who I knew some of the history that this person had spent a lot of years in the penitentiary for some really serious crimes. Without going into detail, they had a long record and uh, had battled addiction in many different forms. And anyway, they were crying and needed needed me to come to him. Well, again, being young and naive and really not knowing any better, I just followed my heart, and I I went to their house, and uh, all the lights were out in the house, and uh, I was a little nervous when he let me in. He shut the door behind him and locked the door, and and he didn't have a shirt on, and when he turned to walk to sit down, y'all might recall me, There was a huge tattoo that uncovered his entire back of the Grim Reaper. At this time, I'm looking, if there's a back door, I'm looking for a candlestick or something I can grab. You know, my father always taught us to be aware of our surroundings. I was thinking, if he has something ill-will planned, I want to have an escape route. I want to have something I can grab. And then through God's grace and through his wisdom, I said, well, hey, man, I'd love to take you to buy breakfast. Why don't we go over to Waffle House and I'll buy you breakfast. So we were able to go to Waffle House where there was light and other people. And he began to pour out his heart and tell me about the rough life the rough upbringing he had brought me to tears because I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home I didn't know about the life that he had lived but I knew this that God loved him just like he loved me and that God he needed God just like I needed Now think about Ephesians 2.8 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves it is the gift of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Well, I want you to know right there in Waffle House, he prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart to be his Lord and Savior, and I baptized him in that little chapel across the street. As time would go by, he would end up moving out of town and, and move to a, another community, dying tragically in an accident in an inner city. And the family asked me if I would do his funeral. And when I did his funeral, I was able to stand up without any doubt and say that he knew Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And that he had been forgiven. I want you to know what God did for my friend And what he did for me, he'll do for you. I don't care how bad you've been, how long your your legal rap sheet is, God will forgive you if you'll place your trust in him and confess your sin. And he'll give you a second chance, just like he did the criminal on the cross when he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. We must realize our sin, we must receive Jesus, we must repent and not just accept that grace, but understand it's a call for us to be obedient, to live out His truths in our lives on a daily basis. Are you doing that? If not, you can start even now as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or youth or children here today, and, Father, they need to come to their senses and come home. We're living in a day and time where we as Christians must take a stand. There must be a marked difference and the way we live, the way we talk, the way we walk, the things we do, than those in the world. I'm not talking about being judgmental and holier now, but I'm talking about us being holy because you are holy. And that we would live out our faith, set an example, and to be very cautious and accountable to the things we post and the way we live, the things we do, because people are always watching, and most importantly, Lord, we know you're watching. May we not disappoint you, Lord. May we honor you, glorify you, and Father, I pray today that if there are folks looking for a church home, this is a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting. It's not a club for the righteous. We're all wounded. We're all sinners. We're all fellow strugglers and pilgrims on this journey. Give us the courage to come today and take a stand for Jesus, who is willing to take a stand for us when he died on the cross. Father, we'll just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. So help us right now, God, to make the greatest decision we've ever made by deciding to follow Jesus, for it is in his precious name we pray. Amen. If you're in this place, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to sing this hymn of commitment. It would be my privilege to, to speak with you, to pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing together? For a moment. Thank you for your attentiveness and for, um, I pray that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. Um, I only saw a couple of you all that looked like uh, Gomer and Barney, but other than that, <laughs> most of you all were, were listening and I, I really appreciate it. And today's a special time. Um, if you did not receive a, a communion cup and bread, then um, we have ushers in the back If you just lift your hand and they'll bring you one. There's some up front here, Mike. Up front, if you come. Some up here too, Jacob. Um, but you don't have to be a member of this church to take this communion. This this is for believers, followers of Christ. If you've accepted Him into your heart, you're a part of His family. And today, we we... Remember what Jesus did for you and, and for me and how could we ever thank him enough for what he did. And when we, when we take this bread, we're remembering his body that was beaten and a spear thrust in his side, stakes driven in his hands and feet, a crown of thorns placed on his brow, and all the flogging and the spitting upon his body. He did that you and me because he loved us and today he's not asking us to die for him but to live for him and so let's remember that when we take this bread and let's pray for this bread Lord we come to you with grateful hearts humble hearts asking that you would bless this bread as we remember the pain, the suffering you endured for us The spotless Lamb of God, who atoned for our sin, no longer would there need to be an animal sacrifice, because Jesus paid it all. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, for loving us, unconditionally and sacrificially. We thank you, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then, after they ate the bread, they took the cup and the cup symbolic of the blood that Jesus shed for the remission of our sins. His blood covers a multitude of our sins. May we bless the cup. Oh God, thank you for this Juice symbolic of your blood that was shed for our sin. May we never take for granted the mercy and the grace that you showed us, the punishment that you endured for us. Father, may we live our lives in such a way that we'll never hurt you, that we'll never drive those stakes in your body again or place that crown on you again, or, Lord, press that spirit to your side, that we would live lives that are holy and pleasing and glorifying to you. Bless this cup, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you for being here today, allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, this evening we are canceling coffee and connections. Uh, if you were planning on coming to that, I'm so sorry. I know it went out on the email this morning. Uh, there are a couple of different factors, but we'll let you know when the next one is. Experiencing God will be meeting. There will be no children's activities tonight, but the students will be meeting. So uh, youth, that'll be at 6, experiencing God also at 6. But I want to thank you all for being here and to remind you that even though it's not Christmas, we still want to focus on Operation Christmas Child. We collect items all year long. And then in November, we pack these shoeboxes. So you'll find a list on our website as well as at the Welcome Center of Needed Items. So, we're not overwhelmed in November when we're trying to fill these 12 to 2,000 boxes, 1,200 to 2,000 boxes that we send to children who otherwise wouldn't have Christmas. So, take the time, to, if you're willing, to, to bring some of these items to fill up these boxes. But thank you, church, for being here today, allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I hope you'll come back and worship with us again real soon. Don't forget how much God loves you and I and we love you too. Let's stand. We're going to sing a closing song, the part of that song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Let's sing that together. closer to you and may we be challenged to go out and live a holy life repenting from sin and following Jesus in his name we pray amen